Good morning, everyone. It's Tide. And Julie. With Chrisley Confessions. So how are you doing this morning, Judy? Because it's been so frustrating being in the house every day, all day, having to deal with trying to homeschool Chloe, Grayson, and do everything that you have to do in the house. Yes, it is. And, and you know, as everyone knows, we normally record in a studio. So recording in our house um, for those of you who don't know, my husband does not have a lot of patience when things don't go as smoothly as what he would like. So on top of that, we're dealing with recording our podcast at home. And I know a lot of people do that, but I think having two people um, in the same house, it's just a little, it's a little taxing. So there are so many bigger problems that people are having right now that we're good if that's all we have to worry about. Well, folks, listen, it's because I'm electronically challenged. Is <laughs> I why... think it's technology challenged. Okay, technology challenged. I'm technology challenged. And I don't know a ton about computers. I don't know a ton about anything that has to do with technology. And I have to have Grayson or Savannah to help me with that. So it, it is frustrating. But none, listen, we're not starting off this, session, you know, this whole Chrissy Confessions by bitching about, you know, the little things that we have to deal with. Um, so much going on in the world right now. I mean, I just read where this doctor in New York, after beating the coronavirus, went back to work and at 46 years old committed suicide. So, you know, I know that suicide is something that, you know, everyone has so many varying opinions on it. But so, I mean, I think that she's a hero because of all the things that she did for people. And no one knows what's going on in someone else's life unless that person shares that information with you. And we don't know the pain that someone else is in. We don't know the heartache that they're going through. We don't know if they're facing fam their family falling apart. You know, we don't know any of that. And so what I would say is that let's be let less judgmental about other people and show more compassion to them. So, you know, this whole Corona thing with the, you know, the government shutting the country down and kind of where we are, you know, that I think it came out this morning that we are now officially in a recession, um, if you believe what's on the news. And, you know, it's probably gonna get worse before it gets better. But we as a people should pull together and lift each other up, truly define what neighbors are all about. I can remember growing up and my mom and dad, Everyone knew each other. If you needed a cup of flour or a cup of sugar, you could go to your next door neighbor. I mean, those days are, you know, ha have passed us by. My kids will never know what that camaraderie and consideration for, you know, their fellow mankind. They, they don't know that other than what we've taught them at home. So I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is less judgment, more compassion. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? You guys all know that I speak to a therapist weekly and BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. 
You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free of charge to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living your happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com cc. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. A special offer for Chrisley Confession listeners Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash cc. I mean, folks, how great is this that you can send a message if you have something on your mind, if you're you having conflict, that you can log onto your computer anytime you can send a message to your counselor and you're going to get a timely response. Plus, you can also do the video and phone sessions. I mean, phone sessions, I absolutely love. And this is your time. I have found that with counseling, having that one hour to myself that I can speak to an unbiased person has truly been a godsend for me. So go to betterhelp.com slash CC and get that 10% off your first month. So um, let's move on and get the, you know, we have so many emails and messages that come to us every week on and stories that come to us every week from folks in the state of Georgia and all over really that are talking about the whole Georgia Department of Revenue and kind of what we've been through and what we're still going through. And so you you ask for these updates and for you that are not interested in the updates, don't listen. But I'm going to answer, I think this week we've gotten roughly 600 messages on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm going to answer those questions. Now, where we are with the Georgia Department of Revenue today is that we had filed a motion about a month or two ago asking for a hearing. And the judge, thank God, was able to read the brief, understand it, and grant this hearing. So within the next, I guess, six or eight weeks, I, don't, I really don't remember what the date is, but within that six or eight weeks, we will now be able to bring in, I think the numbers between 14 and 16 people with the Georgia Department of Revenue that we're going to subpoena, that will be on the stand, that we will get to see them either do one of two things. They will come in and acknowledge the crimes that they committed against me and my family, and I say me and my family, not just me and Julie, but me and my family as a whole, because I understand they have committed crimes against, you know, my children as well. And we have evidence of that. But they will get to come in, take the stand under the penalty of perjury. At that point, they will either tell the truth, acknowledge the felonies and misdemeanors that they've committed, or they will perjure themselves, which our attorneys will point out in, while they're on that stand with the evidence that we have. You cannot go out here and 
used federal tolls in a civil matter just to gain access to people's finances because you're jealous or envious or have a vendetta. That's what the Georgia Department of Revenue did. And, you know, when you have people, which I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, these people coming in here so that we can truly hear their testimony. But, you know, you have someone like chief tax official. She hired Josh Waits, worked on changing the description of his position because she knew that he did not have the educational background required for him to be in this position. So she changes it and works with you know HR to change the description to say it's because of all of his vast experience that he had. Josh Waits didn't have all that vast experience. I mean, let's remember, this is someone who acknowledged having sex with a minor, acknowledged doing drugs. She knew that Josh Waits didn't have this experience because she helped to, to create the narrative. An attorney who should be concerned at this point about the bar complaint that's coming. Then you've got people like Scott Purvis and Scott Graham and Brian Crisp and Katie Vansel, you know, Katie Colvin Vansel going out here and pulling reports on people and that are illegal and sharing this information, knowing that that's illegal. And you, these are felonies, folks. These are, these are felonies. There's misdemeanors tied to them as well. And there's more information. You got someone like David Curry, the, the acting commissioner of the Department of Revenue, who wants to be more concerned about his restaurant business on state taxpayer time than he is concerned about the liars, cheats, and thieves that he's supposedly managing. I mean, this is someone, David Curry is personal friends with Josh Waits. David Curry is someone who has turned a blind eye to the crimes that have been committed. David Curry is aware he and his his you know sidekick Jonathan, they're aware of the crimes that have been committed by their employees. There's been destruction of evidence that we have proof of that Josh Waits was involved in destroying evidence that proved they had committed crimes against our family. I mean, he destroyed evidence that has committed, you know, that proves that they committed these crimes against our family. And the Department of Revenue knows this happened. Then you've got Alex Sponseller with the AG's office who is sitting on these documents, knowing that we know about them, yet hasn't turned them over. Now, you know, then you got Jeff Mitchell, who took over Josh Waits' position, who, who signed these documents. We know that Jeff signed them. Then you've got Amy Doherty, who pulled these reports with a fake case number, folks. She made up a fake case number that's entirely different than the case number that Scott Santilli used and that Jeff Mitchell signed off on. Now, Jeff Mitchell is a senior law enforcement officer who knows that you cannot utilize this federal database for other than two reasons, which the Chrisleys did not fall into. 
So these kind of things are going to be what they will either lie about on the stand or they'll tell the truth on the stand. And then we'll get to Brian Chris's involvement in locating assets with Katie Colvin Vansel and what the and what he did and what she did and the lies that they concocted regarding this. So, you know, Brian Crisp is someone who there was a $10,000 check written to from the slush fund that Josh Waits was maintaining. And why he is still there, I don't know. But at any rate, that's kind of where we are with things right now. I think that, you know, the things that Katie has done in, in partnership with Scott Santilli and Jeff Mitchell and Josh Waits, it's despicable. It's deplorable. It's heartbreaking that you have someone. And folks, I mean, we've done our research on these people. Katie knows better. She was raised better. She knows right from wrong, but yet she continued down that path of wrong. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that this is not a vendetta to take down the Georgia Department of Revenue or these people. Because I have forgiven them because I know in order for me to be able to move forward in my life, I have to forgive. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell me that because I forgive someone that I should not still seek the truth. And that's exactly what I'm seeking right now. And we've got it. It's now time for them to step up to the plate and show what kind of character they have. Well, I mean, clearly that I mean, they're morally bankrupt and when it comes to character, I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find it at the Georgia Department of Revenue. But I need, <clears throat> as a as a state official like David Curry is, man up, do your job, and stop worrying about kissing ass with all of your Clayton County cronies. I mean, the fact that you are there, knowing that there has been destruction of evidence, and you've got the individual there still doing the same thing, knowing that this man destroyed evidence with Josh Waits, but yet he's still employed there and still in a position to where he has access to all of the databases that the Georgia Department of Revenue has, knowing that this man has deleted and destroyed evidence, but yet he's still there allowed to peruse whatever he wants to peruse. We know all of that. We know every bit of it. And Alex is going to get to say on the stand exactly what he did, because we have affidavits that contradict now what we know happened. So I think that that's the official update for the week on the Georgia Department of Revenue. But, you know, I say that the Georgia Department of Revenue is like the soap opera days of our lives, like sands through the hourglass. So are the days of our Georgia Department of Revenue. So. That's the update. Let's move about Georgia Department of Revenue. So let's just move right along with the first caller, please. This is Gabby. I am a newlywed. I just got married in February with my husband, Tim. We live in Indiana, actually in the northwest part uh, near Chicago. Um, so my husband is a reformed hoe, just like Todd. <laughs> and um, he tells me he can get more offers by being a little flirty. It didn't bother me a little bit, but he started doing it more recently, and yeah. 
Um, I believe that what you put out is what you is what you get back. And I think it's disrespectful for any man or any woman to send signals that they're not happy or satisfied in their home life. So, I mean, listen, and that's coming, Gabby, from a reformed home. Um, you know, you can't go out here. I think it's disrespectful to you for that kind of activity to be going on. I mean, that's just my opinion, Julie. Yes, I totally agree. You know, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, a good personality and being outgoing and being a, a salesman, if that's what your career is. But there are certain lines that have to be drawn. And to me, if you wouldn't say it with your spouse sitting there in front of you, then it's not appropriate for you to say or to do. Amen. I agree 100 percent. I have had positions to where I have, you know, to where I have said, you know, being involved, with, you know, out in the public or whatever. If I don't say anything that I care that Julie hears and I don't I don't go out here and do anything that I think is going to hurt her or offend her or disrespect our marriage. So, you know, I hope that helps you. OK, we all need a break now and then, but why not keep your brain active while you relax? That's why I love the fun puzzle game, Best Fiends. It's an oasis of fun you can take with you anywhere. When you need some me time, Best Fiends is a fun escape from the everyday. There are thousands of fun challenges and tons of cute characters to collect along the way. I can tell you I absolutely love this game. I just have to keep my kids off of it because Chloe wants to grab my phone and the first thing she does is go to the Best Fiends app. Um, because it's so colorful. There are so many fun characters. And I also like the fact that you can compete with your friends and family. It's fun if you just like to do it like I do and just be a casual, or you can find yourself being a little more competitive. That's fine too. So Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Best Fiends treats the game like a service for their players. If you find yourself playing, you know, in random places, I love the fact that you can connect with your friends on Facebook and play against them. It does not require internet to play, so you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi access or using your cell data. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's fun and it's right at your fingertips. And you can even play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Best Friends without the R. Best Fiends. Go check it out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Next caller, please. Hi, guys. This is Lillian from Wichita Falls, Texas. We love you out here. Um, anyway, I have a few questions. Todd, you mentioned that you have sermons that you always listen to. I'm always looking for um, new sermons to listen to, so if you wouldn't mind sharing which ones you do listen to, I'd love to uh, hear them. Also, um, I know your father passed, and I've noticed a few times that, you know, you still definitely deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. My husband's father passed January 20th of 2011, and um, we seem to go through this rough patch 
every year from January to May because May 19th is his birthday. So it's like from the anniversary to the birthday. I mean, I know he's still grieving, but I don't know. It's just tough. Um, I just wanted to know in what ways do you grieve, Julie? How do you handle it? And just any advice you can offer as, you know, we go through this yearly rough patch and, you know, we talk about his dad daily, just about, you know, the good, the bad, but it's just a constant struggle sometimes. So, anyway, we love you guys. Thanks. You know, there's a sermon that I just listened to by Joel Osteen um, that said, let God in. And it talks about, you know, we're praying to God for solutions to our problems. But what we need to be doing is asking God to step in. God, I'm going through this illness. Please come in and help me. You know, I'm going through this financial difficulty. God, can you step in and help me? Not God, can you solve this problem? God, join me in this, you know, on this journey and let's walk it together. Let's solve it together. So that's probably one of the better sermons that I've heard in the last week. So just look up Joel Osteen and, and it's called Letting God In. And listen to that because I think that's amazing. Um, There's also great sermons. Uh, she was asking like different people she can listen to. Um, Rick Warren is a good one from the Saddleback Church. Um, I also like to listen to Judah Smith. Um, all right. And then the next part of her question was about grieving. You know, I don't know that the grieving ever ends if you truly have loved someone and lost them. I grieve the loss of my dad every day, and I don't talk to Julie about it every day. That is something that I have to deal with privately and that I need to resolve. And I hope and pray one day that, you know, I can, that it's not a constant focus of mine. But, you know, I do think about, was I a good enough son? Did I do enough for him? You know, and I, then I think about some of the times that he and I had arguments and I look back and I think, God, he was so right, but I just could not see the forest for the trees. You know, and that's something that has helped me with my kids to make sure that they know that every argument you have might be the last communication you have with that person. And don't, don't carry all of this stuff that doesn't matter. Don't go to bed with it. Don't let your day end without saying, I love you to those that you love. And, you know, grieving the loss of my dad, I look back now and I think, God, he was so much smarter than I gave him credit for. Why couldn't I have seen that while, you know, when he was here in certain circumstances? So my dad's death, ironically, has been an awakening for me. And so I look at that part as a blessing. And I guess the peace that I find is that I know after dealing with this coronavirus, I came in and said, you know, after I was able to get up and, and get to the, you know, to the counter and have breakfast for the first time, Judy was making it. Judy, what was it that I said to you if something happened to me? Well, I, I think it was when you just said, know that I've all, I love you, that I've always loved you. And that, you know, you've been a good wife to me. So I think it was, I think having something like that happen caused you to just step back and really examine things. And, you know, what else I said, which was the, the part that was relevant to this, this question was that I know where I'm going. Don't grieve for me 
when God says it's my time because I know where I'm going. Celebrate the life you had with me, but don't grieve because I'm in a better place. And I think because I know that and I know that I'm going to see my dad again and that there will be no separation at that point for eternity. I think that helps me to get through the day. And then there are days that when I'm just sitting in my car and I get him on my mind and I just cry for 15 or 20 minutes and talk to God. And then I feel better after I get it out. So I think that, you know, from my advice to you is allow your husband to talk, listen to him. Sometimes he just wants you to hear him. He doesn't need you to, to, to say anything other than that. Um, I think that that talking through things have helped me get through a lot of bad times in my life. So I hope that helps you. Next caller, please. Hi, guys. My name is Maggie, and I am from Oklahoma. And I just want to say I love your guys' show. Me and my mom watch it almost every day. It doesn't matter if it's on YouTube, TV, anything. We love your show so much. And I have one question. I have a best friend, and we have been friends since second grade, and we're 16 going on 17 and everything. And, well, I believe that I just need myself God. I don't need no man to make me happy, but she feels like she needs a boyfriend to make her happy. And it really ruined our friendship, and she really replaced me with a boy that doesn't treat her that well. And I don't know what to do. I've told her before that I don't like him. I don't appreciate how she kind of forgot about me and just went with a boy. And it just hurts a little bit, but, you know. I mean, God is my number one, so I feel like she needs to, I don't know, I wish she would just spend some time with me instead of worrying about boys. And I just want to know your guys' opinion on that, like, what should I say to her? Or is there anything that, like, advice you could give me? Thank you, guys. I hope you guys have a blessed day. Thank you for calling in. Um, I think for my advice to you is, is A, I'm glad to hear that God is your number one because that tells me that your totem pole is starting out correctly. Um, what you need to do is to be an example as, your, as being her best friend. You need to be, set an example for her. Don't preach, teach. And let her see, let her see your faith working by the walk, not the talk. So some people, some women find their validation in having a man. I didn't raise my girls that way. And sometimes I listen to some of the things that Savannah says, and I feel like, Jesus, is she really mine or Gloria Steinem's? But, you know, I look, I look back and I think I raised this girl to be this way. And I don't think that any of us, a man or a woman, should find ourselves in someone else. I think that when you do that, you've abandoned yourself. I think that in order for any relationship to work, you have to come in at whole. Because if not, you're starting the relationship off by cheating the person that is in the relationship with you because they think they're getting the whole you and only you know how much you're giving to that relationship. So, you know, I would hope that you would be an example to her and show her that she's worth more than a man's opinion and that she doesn't need a man to live her life or to go out here and be successful and to change the world. So, you know, that's what I would hope that you would be doing for her. Julie? A friendship is hard to come by, a true friendship. So I think Todd's right. You just have to be there for her 
And and no, chances are that when things, you know, don't turn out the way she thinks they are, that you're going to be there and that you, like he said, are going to be an example for her. So good luck and God bless. Are you looking for the perfect gift for your mom for Mother's Day? I mean, Mother's Day is two weeks away, people. And, you know, we haven't been able to get out. You know, I'm not able to visit my mom as often as I like, which is why I love the Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame you can email photos to and they appear in seconds so mom can see your favorite moments. Um, you know, I've actually set this up for my mom and everyone can send photos to her. So nowadays, staying in touch with those we love is more important than ever. And the easiest way that I've found to do it is with Skylight, a photo frame you can email photos to at any time from anywhere. It's a great way to feel close to those you love, even when we're all separated. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and family in touch. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. It has a black frame, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent you the photo. It's a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, which I know you will, they'll offer you a full refund. You can also preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift. Send photos of you and your significant other, your kids, whatever. There's photos we don't even know that we have, but how great is it to be able to scroll through your phone and send those photos in just a few seconds? Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code CONFESSIONS, that's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code CONFESSIONS. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com and enter code CONFESSIONS. Next caller, please. Hi, Todd and Julie. Um, this is Arielle from Marietta, Georgia. I've been watching you guys from the beginning, I, and I actually met some of the family um, at a Walmart in Alpharetta a few years ago when y'all were signing Christmas CDs. Anyway, I'm in a bit of a situation, and I respect y'all's opinions. Um, I am 27 years old. My husband and I have been married for a year and a half, been together for five and a half years. Full disclosure, he is an alcoholic. Um, he overcame drug addiction within our first year of dating, but alcoholism has been a little more up and down for him. So long story short, he was doing very well for a while, and then in the middle of a relapse about three months ago, he left me, refusing to work through anything or reconcile. Um, it was very unlike him, and there was no one event that happened to trigger it. He comes from a long line of divorce, and I... I just don't think marriage is as sacred as to him as it is to me. All of this to say, he said some very cruel things since he left, things that don't sound like him. You all know how addiction goes. But now he says he's filing for divorce and um, not willing to discuss it. 
Um, so I guess my question is twofold. Do I keep fighting for our marriage um, or do I give in and, and start trying to put my life back together without him? Um, and then I guess the second part is how would you start <laughs> to put the pieces back together as such a young divorced woman um, when you feel like you'll never feel that kind of love for someone again or that you'll be seen differently by other young men for being divorced? Um, love you guys. Would love to hear anything you have to say. Thanks so much. Bye. Ariel, honey, I know that this seems like that your life is over. And and it's not. Because, listen, if God will bring you to it, he'll bring you through it. You know, you've got to be at a place to where you realize that you love yourself as much as you love this other person. In this situation, your husband. You have to love yourself enough to know when you're not being loved enough. And clearly he loves the alcohol. I know you said that he's, you know, gotten away from the substance abuse. I have found in dealing with substance abuse in my family that one trigger leads to the next. And, you know, if he's chosen alcohol over you, then be grateful that, that, that this, that this revelation is occurring, you know, for you to be able to see it. Julie. I totally agree. And as much as you want to fight for your marriage, you know, it takes two. It actually takes three. It takes both of you and God. You know, I think you have to let him go. You know, he's not, you know, alcoholism is a horrible, horrible disease. And until the person makes that conscious effort that they want to do better and they want to be sober, I mean, it's not going to happen. And even when it does, anyone who has battled alcoholism knows it is up and down and up and down. And it seems like you have been there for him. Um, so at this point, I feel like, Ariel, that you have to put yourself first and then start to heal. And with that, it's it's not, in my opinion, jumping into another relationship, but it's it's healing yourself so that when the next person comes along and it's the right time, that you're whole, that you are, that you're healed and that you're whole to be able to give to someone else. So best of luck. Thank you so much for supporting us and um, check in with us and let us know how things are going. Next caller, please. Hey, Todd and Chris, please. This is Mike. I'm calling you from South Carolina. I was just at Henderson, South Carolina, actually. I was wanting to know why is it there's people all in Walmart, you know, I go out to get essential stuff, you know, for my kid, diapers and stuff like that. There are people in Walmart not wearing masks, walking past me, you know, coughing in season, and I say something to them, but it seems like, you know, they just keep on walking like they don't care. I just want to know, what is wrong with people? Why are they so stuck up? Why are people not taking this serious? I mean, I have a two-year-old, and he, he does not need to get this. I just want to know why people aren't taking this serious. I mean, there's there have been two cases of COVID-19 at my job, and they're still open. They're not closing down. But why are they not taking it serious? That's what I want to know. Well, hello, buddy from Anderson, South Carolina. Julie and I and the kids used to live in Anderson, South Carolina when we first got married off of Concord Road. So glad you called in. Why are people not taking COVID seriously? Because it's selfishness. If they had ever had it, they would understand the severity of it if they were fortunate if they were fortunate enough to survive it. Um, 
But I believe, and I've said this for many, many years, we live in a society of entitlement. People don't care about what's, what happens to someone else as long as get what they want to get. So it comes down to selfishness. And, you know, I'm not out here mingling with the public. So, I mean, I'm at home every day. I walk three times a day, but I'm not talking to anyone. I mean, I'm walking and staying away from people. And when I see people walking towards me, if they're on the same side, I switch to the other side. So, you know, I, buddy, I wish I, if I had the answer to why this country has so many selfish, entitled, narcissistic individuals, then Buddy, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I'd be solving way more problems than what we do with Christian Confessions. But listen, take care of what you need to take care of. You put the mask on, and you when you see people coming towards you that doesn't have one, back up, let them get off the aisle, and then you go down the aisle. Because you've got a two-year-old, and you don't need to bring this home to your child or to anyone else. So I hope that information helps you. Next caller, please. Hi, Todd and Julie. Uh, my name is Will. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I'm a Christian, and I'm also gay. Um, and my friend group that I hang out with, we're all pretty close. And basically, any time that I bring up, if I ask them if they want to come to church or do anything church-related, I always get a very, like, hurtful, almost, reaction from them. Like, they'll be like, why would I go there? They all, you know, they're all saying that you're going to go to hell, or they're going to try to, like, pray the gay away or make you drink the Kool-Aid. And it's just hard because I've never, I know that a few of them, especially one of them, and he had a really bad experience when he came out to his family. And I know a couple of other other of them have been really burned by the church and had bad experiences of being just turned away and rejected and all that. But I don't know. It's just like it's starting to, to wear on me because anytime I say anything about anything related to God, it's always like ridicule and making fun of me and, so I'm just kind of concerned because I don't want this to bridge any more of a gap that it already has. And I don't really know how to confront them about it without seeming like holier than thou or, or anything like that. So I really appreciate um, the advice. Thank you. Thanks, Will, from Knoxville. You know, buddy, God is not shunning you. God does not shun you. You're a child of God. He created you in his likeness. And just because we have people in churches that have their own perception of what of, of what the scripture says, that's their perception of it. So, you know, I would say to you, continue your walk in faith, stay in the word and use the word to combat the ignorance that society still may have. I mean, it's it's baffling to me that we're still discussing this kind of stuff. But we will continue to pray for you and our, and, and pray for every person in this country and the world that is ha- that's going through the false message of Christianity. I think the biggest downfall of Christianity is people out here bearing false witness. And so, I mean, you know, good luck to you, buddy, and God bless. Now, folks, with that being said, that's all, that's all the time that we have. But we thank you all very much for tuning in to Christly Confessions, to Christly Knows Best. I know that E, e has been running a marathon for, of Christly Confessions and for growing up Christly. And, you know, we look forward to you guys seeing the episodes that are coming out in June. Um, 
of season eight of Christina's, you know, Christina's Best. So thanks again. Until next week, good luck and God bless. Good night.